podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another FinFans podcast. Uh, With me this evening, I've got Daniel Reinhardt. What up, FinFans? And Louis Ragoni's back. Hey, nice to be back, fellas. Nice to have you back. Yeah, and hopefully our 20 or 30 fans out there are happy to have me back, too. That's questionable, right? (laughs) Well, you know, I got to tell you, I hear hear pros and I hear cons, so. (laughs) 15 of them are happy. 15 of them are like, man. What are you talking about, Willis? Stay away. Stay away. (laughs) Keep traveling. (laughs) <laughs> do whatever you've been doing. I guess. How's it been for you, Lou? Have you had a had a good last few weeks or what? It's been rough. I mean, I was on the road for a month straight. Anytime you're on the road for a month straight, it's 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 not fun. You're sleeping in different beds. I came back for four days, then went out to Arizona for five days right after being away a month and um i've been back about a week and we're just uh you know working hard to get all this stuff processed out it's you know it's, it's a bunch of work but hey it's it's fun you know it's there's a lot of enjoyment that comes out of it too get to meet a lot of cool people i don't know if you guys remember roy green he was a wide receiver sure. for the cardinals for years yeah uh we did a signing with him out in arizona and then byron evans who was a linebacker for the eagles who was on those great Eagle defenses with Reggie White and mm-hmm. Jerome Brown and all of those guys. You know, we, nice. we were able to meet him and do a signing with him as well, which was pretty cool. So, and a bunch of baseball guys that, uh, you know, and basketball as well. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. A lot of hard work, but a lot of fun. What's that, Mike? Didn't know you do basketball. We do. We do basketball. We did quite a bit of basketball over the last um, six weeks. So, yeah. It's been a long road. I'm happy that it's finally settling back in the normal <laughs> life. You know, I don't really have a normal life, but this No, <laughs> nowhere near normal. <laughs> nowhere near, but uh yeah, it's 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 close to that now. So, yep, thanks for asking Daniel. It's uh it's good to be back into uh into the groove here. All so, right. All right, let's rock and roll, Mike. Speaking of groove, <laughs> here we go. We've got a couple of things. We've got uh, some free agents to talk about because you haven't been on the show. Okay. And uh, we've got some questions that were sent in to us uh, that we'll see about answering. All right. All right. All right. All right. So to begin with, Lewis, I'm sure you heard about the big trade, right? Uh, Jalen Ramsey coming here? Absolutely. You know, I had the luxury of, of you and, and my son, you know, keeping me informed. Um, while I was on the road of every move, um, a lot of times, you know, it went in one ear and out the other because we were, you know, we were busy and whatnot, but the, the Ramsey trade 
I was ecstatic about, you know, I mean, he's an impact guy and, you know, that's what you need on the, you know, on your football team. You know, the fact that you've got two of the best corners in football now, um, you know, playing both sides of the field for you is, 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 is a definite benefit to this football team. Sure. They, They stay healthy and, you know, there's not a better tandem in the league right now. So, I was ecstatic about that move. No question. For a third rounder, you know, worth right. the risk, right? Yeah, and Hunter Long, who we don't know what he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd, you know, Hunter Long, I think he is what he is. I mean, he may be, you know, he may become a decent football player in the NFL, but I don't think he's going to have type of impact that a guy like Ramsey obviously is going to have for you, whether it's for just one or two seasons here. Agreed. He's, he's under contract through what next year as well, right? With us, yes, yes, yeah. So I mean, well worth what they gave up. It the risk is to me well worth it. Now, most of these guys they've only given one or two year deals uh, to, and that's I'm speaking of the free agents. Okay. Uh, they picked up Mike White, quarterback mm-hmm. from the Jets. Right, interesting move, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not as fond of it as most seem to be. I mean, they're they're talking like he was the best backup out there, and I just don't know if that's the case. We'll have to see. Right, you guys spoke of that in past weeks, and yeah, we to that we've move. spoken about most of these that happened prior to last week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a different direction than what they've gone. Um, yeah. You know, going going back to Fitzpatrick since two has been here, it's always right. been a veteran guy. White's right. a little bit younger. You know, maybe they feel that um, he's got a lot of upside to him, and um, that's well, Lewis, why I heard him to... talk, and he said that the system that they use in New York is very very similar to the system that we're running here. Okay, so that makes sense as well. So yeah. there you go. I don't mind the move at all. I kind of like it to an extent. Um, you know, you know, he's only got seven starts under his belt. Yeah. I mean, very, very interesting. I mean, you've got three young guys here now. Yeah. You know, you throw Thompson into the mix and you've got three young guys here. You don't really have a veteran guy to fall back upon, but those moves, Mike, haven't necessarily panned out for us either. No, over they the haven't. Last few years. They haven't. You know, Bridgewater couldn't stay healthy, <laughs> you know, when he had opportunities and Brissett kind of underachieved. So, you know, maybe this is the right direction. We'll see. Time will tell. And uh, speaking of the Jets, they uh, signed a couple of other Jets, uh, Braxton Berrios, which I think is a good signing for uh, kick returns and punt returns. Fantastic. Better yeah. than anybody we've had since, um, yeah. you know, the little guy left. And maybe he plays some <laughs> in the slot, too. We'll have to see. Uh, Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Uh-huh. Yep. Now, you're now we have sad. Whitey Mouse. <laughs> whoa, 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 Dan. <laughs> it just didn't rhyme. Barrios is a little fella. He's yeah. little. He's good, though. He is one of the better return guys in the league, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best. And, um, boy, that's a nice element to add to your football team. Yeah, and there's a chance, like Mike said, there's a chance he plays in the slot, and, and if he's where he's supposed to be on timing routes, he'll play. You know, he'll definitely mm-hmm. play. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. They also signed offensive lineman Dan Feeney uh, from the Jets. He can play guard. He can play center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. utility. Some depth. Yep. Uh, they signed a tight end, Eric Salbert from Denver. Him, I don't know an awful lot about. I mean, Daniel, did you know anything about him? Because, I mean, I I know nothing of him. I mean, yeah, so he's just a hell of a blocker. 
You know, like he's he's yeah. going to be another one of those. He said guys. that's not true. He said he's a good receiver too. He said coming out of college, his reputation was being a good receiving tight end and not so much a good blocking tight end. He says he can do both. Well, that's good. We need him to do both. But yeah. I expect to see him in line. Yeah, me you know, too. I don't expect to see him out running a bunch of routes. He'll be the swing guy. He'll be flat guy. But I, I definitely don't expect to see him stretching the field and, and trying to make big gains in the passing game. He's going to be the outlet, and he's going to be that extra blocker on the end line. Uh-huh. They signed two linebackers. They signed David Long, uh, Jr. from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And they signed Millick Reed from Denver. I like both of them. I like both yeah. these signings. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think it's an upgrade. I mean, you lost Roberts. And um, I think Long is, is going to bring another nice football player to this football team without a question of a doubt. You know, I mean, you look at the defensive side with a few of these moves, and God, they, they were really good last year, even with the injuries to the secondary. So uh, th- <laughs> those are some nice moves on the defensive side, no doubt. And safety to Sean Elliott. Not a bad football player either, guys, right? Yeah, and actually, He's I think I had said last week, yeah, from Detroit. I think I said last week, Mike, I wasn't, uh, didn't have a lot of information on him, but then I start thinking about it, and I've, yeah, he's he's been a player for a while. He He's no slouch. Yep. And punter Jake Bailey from New England. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah, we I lost Morstead. Patriot. Yeah, we lost Morstead. I mean, he was outstanding. Yeah, I'm going to get into what we, who we lost exactly right now. We lost 11. We re-signed 11 of our free agents. And uh, Isn't that we, a big number? I mean, it's a good I, number. Well, we, I think we had close to 30. Yeah. I mean, but I still might think that that's, that's a pretty big number, Yeah, you know, for, for bringing guys back, which I, you know, I like. I mean, Well, personally. they returned the whole backfield. Yep. The whole backfield, yeah. I mean, yep. you know, I know people were talking about upgrades. Gaskin, and, Mostert, Wilson, and Ahmed. Yeah, and we basically have the same uh, same group. John Lovett's back. Mm-hmm. We're Craig Craft, uh, Kendall Lamb, Garon Christian, who's a tackle. Mm-hmm. Andrew Van Ginkle, which I was happy to see. I think yeah. we all were, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He makes plays. Yep. Uh, Duke Riley is back, and he's a good special teams player. I like him too, even yeah. when he's on the field, Mike, yeah. on the defensive side. He, you know, he does some good things. And uh, they signed Nick Needham back, and and I thought that was pretty classy of the team to do, considering you know he's still rehabbing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean Needham, I love. He's an overachiever. Uh, he goes out. He was doing an outstanding job before he got hurt last year. And um, let's just hope he recoups. And my goodness, I mean, if he does, we have an awful lot of depth in that secondary, um, which we absolutely need. Of course. You know, you look at last year and everything that happened, you know, God forbid one of our old guys go down at the corner. If you have a guy like Needham who's healthy and comes back, he can fill, you know, he can step right in and you know he can do the job. So um, absolutely. I mean, on paper. They look awfully strong back there. Free agents lost. We lost five. We lost Trent Sherfield. We lost Mike Kosicki. We lost Michael Dieter, Orlando Roberts, and Thomas Morstead, as you mentioned. Where did Dieter go? Houston. Yep. He yeah. went to the Texans, huh? Yeah. That's and interesting. Three of the five we lost went in division, right? 
Yeah. You got Sherfield going to Buffalo, Gasicki going to the Patriots. And Morstead. Morstead. Morstead went to the Patriots as Jets. well, right? Jets. Oh, he went to the Jets. Okay, gotcha. I mean, you know, I know you're upset about the Sherfield um, situation, <laughs> Daniel. You know, your boy's gone. Your jersey, you got to convert yeah. again. Got to burn you know? it now. No, he's got to convert it. You know, whoever wears that number this year, he's got to convert it again. But, uh-huh. you know, Sherfield. You know, my, my son brought up an interesting thing about Sherfield that he was one of the highest graded blocking wide receivers in the NFL last year. Um, He brings a lot of elements to the table, and I'm really shocked that they didn't bring him back. Um, You know, I'm surprised. They brought Craycraft back. I know he comes about a half a million cheaper, but it really wasn't that made, you know, half a million nowadays is, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it was an interesting move, and, you know, if, you know, out of all the guys that they lost, I mean, I liked the you know Roberts a lot. I felt that you know he was a very solid player, limited but very good against the run, and you know he hit people. Um, you know, but Sherfield, I think you know is going to be you know somewhat of a loss for us at a position that you know past our top two guys really didn't you know do an awful lot. Yeah, yeah and I think it says that we have a couple of younger guys that have to step up. Right, you got the. Easy, yeah. Easy, yeah. Ezekama, and you got to see something out of Cedric Wilson this year. You just have yeah. to. Yeah, so. he's got two more years under contract. Me and Mike were talking about that the other night, and um, you know his production last year. My goodness, I mean, you know, it's got he's got to step it up. Yeah. You know, Gasicki. You know, you look at the contract that he signed, and um, it wasn't an awfully big one. Up to nine know? million with incentives. Yeah, I mean, with incentives, um, but, uh, you know, it it wasn't, he didn't get great offers out there, and there's a reason for that, you know, as far as I'm concerned. You know, if his incentives are broken tackles, he's not going to reach that $9 million. <laughs> you know what's You know what's so interesting about Gasicki? You know, my brothers are both Viking fans, and then people that are fans of other teams just have a different outlook on him you know they look at him differently than us as dolphin or most of us as because they don't see him every week they don't see him every week they see the touchdowns they see him dancing around like a fool after a you know five yard reception i mean (laughs) you know so you know he gets a lot more attention and credit than what he deserves he's he's a very very overrated football player one of the most overrated football players we've had over the last three or four years, as far as I'm concerned. He's very limited, and I don't understand why he was limited, but he, you know, he's limited in what he did out there. You know, he, you know, a lot of 50-50 balls he did not come up with. He doesn't break tackles, as Mike has spoken about for the last three years. And, um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get separation. You know, for a guy that you would think would have a lot of mismatches, especially last year, with the acquisition of Tyreek, you know, you would think that he would have a lot of one-on-ones that he would be winning, and we just didn't see it. So it is, and he wasn't on the field an awful lot. So yeah, I remember we talked you know, before last reason. season, and we thought he was going to have a breakout year. Yes, I've been saying that for some three of years. us have. Yeah. Some of us thought yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't, Daniel? Huh? I, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, you know, I I know we had that. Uh, we freshened up on him in the mid-season. Uh, you know, we had that little dust up about him in midseason, but other than that, like before the season started, I didn't think he was a fit. 
And uh, right. yeah, like you said, he just did not make it happen. So it is yep. what it is. And uh, now he gets to go not make it happen in New England. So good luck. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Mike, that, you know, there were games where we struggled offensively, right? Where, you know, teams were taking away Tyreek and, and Waddle to some extent. And, you know, at that point, somebody else has got to step up. And it, when you looked at the roster, you know, we already talked about Wilson. And, you know, we'll talk about Gusecki here. You know, you needed those type of guys to step up when the teams were taking these other guys out of the game. And it just never materialized. It just didn't happen. So, you know, you've got to move forward. You know, as we talk, I guess, through now, the you show. You know, the chicken of the egg question there, was that the players or was that the scheme? I, I think it's a combination, Mike. You know, I really do. I think that, you know, some of the coaching uh, has to get the blame on this. But, you know, it's the personnel as well. Because, you know, if McDaniel is, in fact, a genius on offense, you know, you're not going to have guys that are going to potentially give you a lot of production just sitting on the bench 75% of the time. And, you know, they've got to be smarter than we are. I mean, we all think as fans that we're smarter than, you know, the coaching staffs. But, you know, there had to be a reason as to why Gasecki was not on the field as much. You know, whether, it, you know, he can't block. You know, to to argue that point, you know, we were throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. Yeah, right, exactly. And we abandoned the run. So why, if you're if you're going going into games with that mentality late, you know, we and we abandon the run, why isn't an asset like that on the football field? And you know, I come to the conclusion that they just weren't comfortable with him, that they felt that yep. there were other guys that they could put on the field that were going to be more productive than him, than him in those situations. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, and I'd love to, you know, pick McDaniel and the coach, you know, offensive coach yeah, and staff's brains in regard. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know, why wasn't he out there a lot last year? Why did he not have more opportunities? And the same thing goes for Wilson. You know, were they were they thrown in and Tua was just favoring, you know, his two main guys and looking to them consistently when other guys, you know, had, were open? Well, I think I, it's, a I, very, I, it's a very fast throw offense, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear the reasoning behind it, but, um, you know, we'll never know. But we have to move on. You know, Gasicki's gone. Uh, I know there's a few, there's, what, three or four Gasicki fans out there. <laughs> that uh, that are sorry that he's gone, and um, you know I can't well, there's, tell you. There's Matt Hawk and his sons. I don't know who else. You know, here's <laughs> it's Matt Hawk. I know <laughs> this guy played really well for us, but it is sad when your fullback has more catches than your stud tight end, right? And if I'm not mistaken, uh, 15 is greater than 12. Uh, yes. Unbelievable! So it's insane. <laughs> uh, Alec Engold had 15 catches on the year. And if I recall correctly, Gasecki had like 12. Wow, really? I thought he had more than that. I, yeah, I that swear I just seen that. I swear I just seen that. Well, he disappeared the last month of the season. He I might have had 12 happens. drops. I don't, yeah, I mean, 12 sounds <laughs> oh, like yeah, a low he, number, my, yeah, um, Daniel. Yeah, that he had 32. Really I don't know where I seen that stat, but I swear I seen it. Uh, 
uh, Ingold had 15, Gesicki had 32. That's yeah, still a really that low seems number. more likely. Yeah, that's that really, sounds really more like it. Is Ingold back, by the way? Oh yeah, yeah. he's yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, great, because I, I I really really like him as a Absolutely. player. I feel they they have to incorporate him more into the passing game. Um, well, we we did lose one other player that I didn't mention because he's still out there in, in as an available free agent, and that's uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Bridge, yeah. yeah. Well, he's not coming back here at this point. No, definitely you know. not. I don't see that happening. No, hopefully he doesn't go to New England and come back to bite us in the ass when Daniel Jones falls on his face, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not Daniel Jones, um, Matt. <laughs> Neither one of you guys corrected me on that one. I mean, come I was looking at our available free agent <laughs> list still. I didn't even click. What do you got? Did you well, come Well, I was going to oh, say, we still, still have two guys that I'd really like to re-sign. You know, and who's really, that? Uh, Eric Rowe. I'd really like to see us re-sign Eric Rowe. Okay. And, and honestly, Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram was, uh, he played really well for us last year. In, he hit the rookie spots. wall. Um, well, he hit what, Mike? The rookie wall. <laughs> as he a, hit some as kind a of wall. Because, vet. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, he did hit a wall for sure. But as a uh, guy who can come in and spell people, I think he still has some left in the tank. Well, he started the year on fire. I mean, he was he was very good. He was the first, playing well, yeah, yeah. He first was everywhere. quarter of the, of the season, but he really fell off, and I don't know why. Or well, you know, maybe he was getting less playing time. I really haven't researched it, but uh, well, it's it just seemed like he wasn't the same player. Money wise, I mean, you know, you've got Ogba coming back, right? Yeah, I mean, so. You know, Phillips is really developing into a phenomenal player. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I kind of want those guys on the field more than any. And I know we need depth. There's no question about it. I mean, obviously, Ogba got hurt last year. But, I mean, you want to see these guys on the field. Ingram's going to, you know, he's a veteran. He's going to want some decent money. And I think that we need to throw money elsewhere. You know, I mean, right now, I think that, you know, we're pretty solid across that defensive line and um you know i think we're very solid yeah i mean extremely solid and um you know i just think that the money that he's going to want um you know at this point and where our team is financially i just don't think it makes sense to well that's the key right there they really don't have a lot of money to be fooling around um you know, they're going to make sure that the money they spend is on people they absolutely need. And I'm not sure that, um, you know, the outside linebacker is a need. Right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, play a DraftKings spot, and we'll be right back. All right. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payoff. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, we are back. A um, couple of listeners, well, more than a couple, but a bunch of listeners sent us questions, and I thought we'd go ahead and tackle those. Yeah, okay. let's do it. 
With the Finns basically going all in for next year, is anything but a Super Bowl a successful season? Go ahead, Dan. Daniel? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, if if we can make it to the AFC Championship game, at, uh, I think that that would be a tremendously successful season. I think, obviously, we're shooting for the Super Bowl, and so is our owner, and so is our GM and coach. And the goal for every single player on that roster is to win a Super Bowl. But there are some hurdles that we have to get through in the AFC. I mean, look, the, the AFC is absolutely stacked. Our I, division is our going division to be Our division is stacked, yeah. Um, so winning the Super Bowl, even with the moves we've made, is a tall task. It really is. And I think we're 10th right now in Super Bowl odds. I think we're in the top 10 in several power ratings. So I would expect something where... <laughs> You know, I I expect to see a first round win in the playoffs this year. You know, and and having a home game uh in the and maybe in the wild card round and then a divisional win to make it uh to the third week of the playoffs would be I think would be a win. You know, I I look at the transactions up to this point, right? And on the defensive side, I think we've done an absolute phenomenal job. I mean, I think on paper, we may very well going in the next season be the best defense in football. I've heard uh, that said a few times. Woo. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look around, our defense is pretty solid last year. And with guys returning and, and the additions that we made, and, you know, the guys like Wilkins and Phillips developing in the Pro Bowl players, Agba coming back. I mean, you, you've got a lot of positives on that side of the football. And, you know, they can... Let's not forget Fangio. And Fangio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mike. And I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, I, I'm thinking player-wise, but, you know, the addition of Fangio is going to be a major plus. Now, you go over to the offensive side and, um, you know, you're basically looking at the same offense minus Kosicki. Um and and Sherfield, I don't, you know, I don't know if we made enough transactions on that side of the football. Well, I don't think they're done, but I agree with you. They have more work to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, the money's dwindling, Mike. Um, you know, draft picks. I mean, this this is the way I look at it, right? If you went out and you gave up that number three draft pick and you got Henry here, then you're <laughs> you're going full throttle. I mean, it's like wow, this is it. They're going for it. This is the season. Um, because I think he's still, got, he's still got gas in the tank there. I mean, that guy had some outstanding games last year. He can still run. You're dreaming. You bring a guy like that into the mix, and you've got a real balanced offense. You've got so much depth at the running back position. But, you know, when you look at that offensive side of the football, which really struggled at times last year, I just don't know at this point if they've done enough. And I don't know with where we draft if we can actually get the type of impact guys that we need to compete um, you know, against some of the better offenses in well, the if league. If you're picking 51st, which is where we're picking, yeah. I mean, I think at that point you can pick a running back or you can pick a tight end. If that's where you want yeah. to go, yeah, uh, yeah, you can, you can I mean, also pick a right tackle. Yeah, I mean they're, they're going to have to get somebody, Mike, that that's going to contribute on this uh, on that side of the football. 
I mean, honestly, I think a running back um, with what they've done, you know, as far as re-signing all these guys, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't that, either. With that <laughs> pick. I think you're going to see either a tight end or an offensive lineman chosen there. Um, and I think, you know, it's an absolute necessity. They need they need some more impact on that offensive side of the football. They need well, to know, surround Tua with more They've guys. got the second and they've got the third. And I would suspect just but knowing what we know now that both of those picks should be offensive players. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question. I think the defense, you know, God, if they add on the defensive side – you know, I, I think it'd be – they have to do something, Mike. I mean, that that's – it's the same offense that's returning, coaching-wise and personnel-wise for the most part. I mean, Berrios, you know, I mean, in, in New York, he was a pretty solid player, but, you know, there were there was a, there's a reason why he was their fourth or fifth receiver there. I mean, he can make plays. There's no question about it. But is he a guy that's going to push you over the top, right? Is he going to be that type of guy that – is like you get a guy like Henry in here, and he's a, he's a game changer. I mean, he's a guy you have to yep. absolutely prepare for. Yeah. So because it makes it a lot tougher to double the receivers when you've got to play the run. I, oh, I yeah. uh, when you said uh, if you can use a third to get Henry over here, I was thinking the exact same thing as you said it. It was funny. Mm-hmm. It made me giggle. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but Lewis giggle. Yes, go ahead. Is Mike. anything but a Super Bowl a successful season? I would think so. I mean, as Daniel mentioned, if you get a playoff win and you get deep into the playoffs, I I think it's a positive. Uh, I mean, you know, Super Bowl? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I think they're, you know, and I hate saying this as a Dolphin fan, but I think there are better teams out there. I mean, the Jets literally are going to be, they may be better than Buffalo next season. I got to tell you. I mean, I don't know. Oh, hell. A hundred people just stopped listening. (laughs) What's that? A hundred people just stopped listening. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they they need to be realistic. I mean, how did Buffalo do with all their free agents on the defensive side? Did they re-sign any of those guys? Because I know a few of them left, They lost a couple. They lost a couple. Yeah, they re-signed Poyer and they re-signed Milano. Uh, they yes. lost Tremaine Edmonds, I believe. Yep, but, and I know, I know they lost some guys on offense. They lost McKenzie. They lost um, Singletary. Right? They, you know, they lost some guys on the offensive side too. And you know, when you look at Buffalo and you look at how we competed against them last year, I mean, we were nip and tuck with them with with, with injuries. All three games. Yep. Yeah, on all three games. So. I, you know, personally, I think that the Jets with Aaron Rodgers is, you know, they're the team we have to concern ourselves with in our division. So, and I know people may think I'm crazy, but, you know, as I'm looking at these teams and, and you know, the direction that they're going in, I think that, you know, the Jets have a fantastic running back coming back next year, right, in Hall. Yeah. And with Aaron Rodgers and some of the weapons they have on uh, at the receiver position and their defense, I mean, wow. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be very, very difficult next year. And I think personally, like I said, I think they're going to be a better football team than Buffalo. So with all that being said, um, you know, we've got to get into the playoffs, win a game, but I still think that Kansas City and some of these other teams are, are better than we are at this point. You know, we've got yep. to go out and get Derrick Henry. What I said yeah. was home, a home playoff <laughs> win. If they can manage a home playoff win, then I think they've had a successful season. 
Okay. All righty. Yep. All right. Next question. Uh, what's the holdup in signing Wilkins? What are we going to do with Sanders? That's two questions. <laughs> Both good ones. Sanders? Yep. Raylan Sanders? The kicker. <laughs> well, I mean, the good news is, is neither one of them are free agents right now. Right. Right. Uh, Wilkins is obviously going to want a new contract because I believe he's a free agent next season. After this year. After this year. Is this his fifth year option? Yes. Yeah. So he's going to be wanting a big new contract and and that's something that's going to have to probably be worked out during the season, which I think that they could do. And I think they'll be. I'd like to to see them do it before the season, Daniel, because if they can get that done, it'll free up some cap money. Yeah. I would love to see that as well. Uh, but I, I'm not sure that I quite expect it at this point. I don't know. I don't know the yeah. latest on whether they're working on one it or not. It takes two, you know, yeah. him and his agent have to want to do it. I'm, I'm sure that he wants to, uh, you know, me and him, me and him are on good terms. He told me he wants to. Don't be sure because sometimes they would just prefer to play the market <laughs> and, well, uh, then come back to Miami with an offer, you know, and say, yeah, you don't, you want me? This is what I got. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree. I think that they've got to get that guy nailed down before the season even starts because I'll tell you what, if he gets even better than he was last year, it's going to cost us more money. If he gets named to the Pro Bowl, it's going to cost us more money. Those Pro Bowl, All-Pro designations there, I mean, they add money to a contract. There's no question about that. Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's a guy that you got to lock down. Um, you know, if you lose him, man, you're, you're losing a fantastic football player there and you don't want to risk that. You just don't get him locked in. Um, you know, I know Ogba, I think's got what, two more years left on his contract. Didn't last year we signed him to another two, three year contract, or is this his last year? I think it's just one more year after this one, but I'm not positive. So he's got two, he's this season and the following season. I think so. He's still I'm, again, I'm not positive. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I think, I think we signed them to a three year deal. So I think that's accurate. We re-signed them to a three year yeah, deal. I think so, so. I mean, <clears throat> listen, you know, Wilkins is a guy that you don't want to risk in losing, you know. So if they're smart, they'll go out, they'll sign him, they'll lock him in because he's still relatively young. He's going to be productive for at least, as far as I'm concerned, at least another three, four years. So get him locked in. Yeah, from a player's perspective, he's in a wonderful spot because, uh, they, you know, he's got the leverage. Right. And just... Just so we're uh, on the same page here, he, Emmanuel Ogbo is actually signed through 25. Is he? Yep. So he becomes a free agent in 2026. Wow. 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 So they signed him to a four-year contract. Four-year contract. Year. Yep. That Mr. Greer is some kind of special fellow, Four years, <laughs> 65 and a half mil. Yeah, well, I, the numbers were fine. I just don't know that he's going to see the back end of that contract. Yeah. Well, you know, we're down and out on him because he was banged up a little bit last year, but boy, he was productive prior, right? So let's just hope that we have the odds. Yeah, I'm not down on him. I just think he's getting older, that's all. And then, you know, we've got guys that, that can t- take his spot. Yeah, and we very well may be waiting on, on the contract for Wilkins, even if we don't want to. And it, there's so just so uh, the clarity on the contract after. So right now he has 21 million in dead cap, Ogba. 
if it, if it didn't work out for this season, but right moving into next year, it's four million and then two million right. the following year. Exactly, so. that's the back end of the contract. Which I was isn't talking about. Yeah. which isn't bad. Now, how old is he, Daniel? He is twenty twenty nine years old. Twenty nine and a half. Yeah, yep. so he, he's going to be on the contract until he's well into his thirties, yeah. which which is ancient in the NFL. Yeah. But you know, if he's if he you comes know, back with a good season, then there's no reason not to have him back next year, if, if that's what you're thinking. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's got to come out. He's got to be as productive as he was, and yep. I think he will be. If he's healthy, I think he's a great player. So what about Sanders? Do you think we bring him back or or keep him, I should say, or, or do you think we replace him? Uh, he was very strong down the stretch. I I love Dan, uh, Sanders. Um, you know, is he making too much money? Who knows? I mean, you know, I I don't trust kickers. You know, nobody should because from one <laughs> season to the next, yeah, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get out of guys. And if you, you know, there, there's very few guys like the guy in Baltimore. Like, I mean, that's just consistent. Automatic. <laughs> he, he he's he's a Hall of Fame kicker, and you know, every generation has one of those guys, right? I mean, look around the NFL. Look around. Um, each team and how these guys bounce from one team to the next and the struggles that they have. I mean, it, it's not an easy thing, you know, to get a guy that's solid. I mean, Sanders has the leg, and he was extremely good last year. He put us in the playoffs on what, a 48-yarder last no, I year? I think it was 50. 50? I mean, you know, leave, leave the guy alone. You know, we've got, <laughs> we've got bigger, we bigger got problems. bigger fish to fry, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know um, – you know, I I like him, you know, and I don't want to lose him. I don't want to have to worry about a damn kicker being brought in and, you know, biting my fingernails off every time, you know, we need a kick through. So, anyway, that's my thought on it. Daniel? I think I agree. I, there's been some fingernail biting with Jason over the last couple of seasons. But <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I think that he's, he's a good kicker. I think that maybe uh, the contract might not quite be as big as it was the last time. But, yeah, I think we I think we hold on to him. I don't, you know, I don't bite my nails with him, Daniel. I just look at the TV like, what the f? <laughs> I mean, you know, you expect him to put these things through. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I never like get panicky with him because I'm, I'm confident in the guy. And then when he misses, you know, you're just like, you son of a bitch. You know, I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Come on. I mean, you know, he's got he's always got the distance. You know, it's never short in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's just accuracy. Right. Yep. Accuracy. So, anyway, all right. I think we're going to be fine with Sanders. I think they'll bring him back. Maybe they'll bring somebody in to compete with him, but I think it's his job to lose. Yep. Next question: What should be what should be expected to change on the defense with Fangio compared to what Flores had? I mean, this is this is pretty. Uh, pretty cut and dry as far it as is. what you'll see, and you're not going to see nearly the amount of blitzing because Vic Fangio does not blitz very often. You're going to see a lot more coverage rather than man-to-man. So uh, those are the two things to look out for, more zone and, and a lot less blitzing. Yeah, I mean, Flores wasn't here last year, right? So Well, I mean, his disciple it, still was, though. So, right, so, right. My thought is this, is that, you know, this guy comes with a great reputation and he's got the personnel to do whatever he wants to do. Um, you know, we've got guys that can 
in the secondary that can get to the quarterback. I mean, Ramsey's a very physical player as well, yeah. um, which, which you love. So you is know. Long. So is Long. I mean, you know, you've got the ability to do basically whatever you want to do. I think that whatever he chooses to do with this football team, he can do. I mean, you know, bringing Van Ginkle back, I think, is, is another positive on that side of the football. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, as Daniel said, it's not going to be that, you know, all-out blitzing, so to speak, but, um, you know, they're, they're going to be extremely well coached. He's going to have guys in position, and he's going he's gonna, to, you know, have, have offenses trying to figure out what, you know, what they're doing out there. And um, you got to love it. You got to love the moves on that defensive side. So, yeah, you're not going to see as much cover zero, if any. So, right. Right. And, and like you guys said, he, he prefers zone to man to man. He'll play both. So, you know, or a combination, you know, where you have man on one side of the field and zone on another. Yeah. Mixing it up. I mean, yeah. and you can do it with, with our corners. I mean, you know, do you really want X man out there? You know, man the man over and over and over again. You, you don't want to expose want him, that. right? You don't want right. to expose him to man to man every every down in and out. So absolutely. The other two things to watch out for, if you're looking a little more in depth, is the defensive line is now going to be playing a one and a half gap scheme instead of a two gap scheme. Right. Yep. Uh, and your defenders are going to be in too high most of the time pre snap. Uh, Vic Fangio's defenses are known for rotating post-snap, not doing a bunch of the pre-snap movement. So it's going to be the exact opposite of our offense. Yeah, they're trying to make you make mistakes. Yep. Our offense is going to have a lot of pre-snap motion. Our defense is going to have all that motion post-snap. So watch for those guys to rotate down, mixing in cloud coverages. Uh, It's going to be an interesting change, and, and I'm looking really damn forward to it. You know who excels in this defense next year, guys? It just, I, it just tell me who you think excels Jerome, in this defense. Right? That, I think Jerome's going to play good. Baker? Yeah. Mike, who do you think? I'm- I have to say Wilkins. I have to say Phillips. I mean, those two guys are driving the bus. No, I, I'm thinking Holland. I think Holland. Oh, that could mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Holland, Holland comes up with a lot of big plays in the secondary. You're going to see him get a lot of a lot more opportunities of picking balls off in the secondary. I think Holland is the guy that you'd say, "Wow, this guy now is in a situation with him running this defense to where he's going to be in a position." Well, he'll benefit to come up from with a Ramsey lot of plays. being here. There's no question about that. And oh, the yeah. fact that we and all had different players is a good sign for our defense. Well, I was just on the wrong level. See, he was talking secondary. Yeah, me I too. Was, uh, me yeah. too. I come to the middle of the field. <laughs> We got, well, you guys were both wrong <laughs> in your thought process, okay? David Law. Let's just leave it at that. David Law. <laughs> Go All ahead. right. Lewis, you sort of answered this before, but who do you think is the biggest loss to our team this year and why? Yeah, I mean, I said Sherfield. Yep. You know, but only to an extent, Mike. I mean, as you look at, as you look at the team as a whole, I mean, you know, the guys that we love, you're not going to say Dieter, you know, there, there's, <laughs> there's slim pickings there. You know, Roberts, you know, there, there's not a lot of Gasicki. I mean, you know, what he brought to Morstead, the table. Morstead, the punter, I mean. <laughs> Morstead, yeah. I mean, they didn't, they, they re-signed the guys we wanted them to, right? I mean, I wanted yeah. Moser to come back. I really did. Yeah. I mean, did I want an upgrade? Yes, but I wanted him back as well. You know, Wilson, I'm not, I'm not mad about him coming back. You know, Gaskin, 
you know, I mean, he is what he is. He's depth. Ahmed played extremely well when he was called upon. I mean, you know, that they, they didn't lose anybody that's going to, you know, that's going to kill you. You know, you're like, God, I can't believe we lost this guy. I mean, it's such a big loss to our football team. None of these guys were. They, they were all pieces to a puzzle. You know, the punter, Sherfield, Roberts, but not, not guys that are going <laughs> to make or break a football game. Yeah, it would have been AVG had he chosen to go to New England, you know, but uh, but he stayed. So I, right. I agree. There's not a huge loss, but Sherfield as that role player is probably the one. Yep. If you could choose one more player in free agency, who would it be? And I put guard Dalton Reisner from Denver. I mean, there's not a lot out there, guys. And, Le- you uh, mean as far as guys that are left, Mike? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Or may- maybe Taylor Lewan, but he's a left tackle and not a right tackle, you know, so. Yeah, so here's, uh, for me, uh, going into today, when I seen these questions, I, I kind of thought about it a little bit. And, uh, you know, my answer would have been Foster Moreau. Now, uh, breaking news, if you hadn't seen this already, uh, just announced within the last hour or so, uh, Foster Moreau was found during a physical with the Saints to have Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, wow. And he's stepping away from football. And I actually got the chills as I said it. Um, you know, praying oh. for Foster and for his recovery. He says he has a new, a new fight now, and that fight is cancer. And he'll, wow. he'll come back stronger than ever. So I hope so. Uh, Isn't he the second guy in this offseason that, that has – there, there was somebody else that had a similar situation. That I'm not sure of. Uh, not either. There was a, uh, a rookie wide receiver last year for the Texans who had cancer, uh, John Mechie, and I think he's, yeah, he's Mechie, doing, yeah. doing better. That's but, what I'm thinking probably. Um, okay. Prayers for Foster, you know, uh, on his fight with cancer. And once so once that uh, that news came out, I, my, I reverted to Dalton Reisner as well. Um, I think we need the help in the middle of that. He can play left guard, line. and that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And the other guy would be Bobby Wagner. You know, if, if for some way we could get Bobby Wagner, I'd be well, happy. Who's he going to put in for? <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't really matter. Like, it doesn't matter. He'll play. Well, that's what I started asking myself when I was thinking about him, you know? <laughs> who's he getting on the right. field over, right? I Whoever, mean, Baker, you know. I'm- he'd play. Yeah, he'd play. If we signed him, he'd play. So, uh, you know, the rest of the guys would have to figure it out. <laughs> I, th- I think it has to come on the offensive side, whether yeah. it be on the line. I mean, Daniel, the tight end position. Yeah. I mean, man, oh, man. I mean, Hurst and some of these guys, Schultz. I mean, I was hoping that they would go out and get a guy that's been productive at that position, you know, catching the football down the field. And, um, you know, Hurst was a guy that, that I would have loved for them to have signed. I mean, I think he's a very, very good football player. He came out of college. You know, he went to Baltimore, didn't do much there, but he's played extremely well over the last couple of years for the teams he's played for. Yeah, I don't think he's signed yet, right? Oh, yeah, he did sign. He was signed with the Panthers. Yeah, he signed with the Panthers just recently. So I think we need impact maybe on that offensive line, you know, just a real solid um you know, starter to plug in there. And um, if not, then tight end or even a, you know, a slot receiver that's just going to take you over the top. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's out there right now. You know, well, it may have to come through the draft. For what it's worth, there's a, there's a 25-year-old high upside tight end who hasn't lived up to it yet. 
out of uh, Minnesota named Irv Smith, who's still available. Uh, yeah. He's a guy with a lot of athletic ability who yeah. has had a couple of injuries and just has not lived up to the hype, right? He was a, a first-round pick in 2019. So if, if somehow they they got him on a really cheap prove-it-one-year deal, hell, I wouldn't be so sad about it. But he's not yeah, he much of a blocker. He was in Minnesota last so, year, right? Yeah, he's, he was drafted by Minnesota in the first round. And uh, right. he's not a blocker, so he's not a guy who it's – Kind of in the then he ain't coming here. You're <laughs> kind of in the vein of Gasicki, but <laughs> then he ain't coming here. <laughs> you know he's he's a very very athletic guy. Gotcha. All righty. All right. Given recent events, Brady tampering, loss of the first round pick, going after Watson is is Ross more of a help or a hindrance to this franchise? Oh boy, do we have time for this one? <laughs> I actually think it's an easy answer, but go ahead. It's a hard answer for me um, because I think that he has done a lot for the franchise and for the team. Um, but he has hurt us a lot. So it's really hard for me to give a, a one answer on this, but I think that he's been, he's been harmful over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, is he more of a help or a hindrance? That's the question. Not has he screwed up? Cause we all know he screws up time and again. Well, what did he do? He cost us. He cost us a first round pick because they were tampering with Brady and right. uh, Sean Payton and whoever else. And what else? You know, the Flores situation is that yeah, what you're and referring then to as trying well? Trying to hire, hire a coach once, you know, Sperano was still coaching. They went after Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this type of stuff goes on in the NFL. He, they, for whatever reason, we just get exposed. I think other teams have done yeah, very I similar things. Yeah. And yep. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, we get we, we get caught with, well, with our hands. You know, we're in Miami. In the they don't jar, like us. Right? They really don't. They don't like us. Yeah. You don't want to get caught with your hand nope. in the cookie jar, and they have. And you know, his little sidekick there, <laughs> who I'm not a big fan of, is just as responsible. I mean, he's well aware of what's going on. Well, and- he knows the penalties and stuff. He should he should get to Ross and hey, listen, uh, you Ross, know, maybe we don't want to do this. Right? Maybe if I draft well enough, we won't have to worry about going out and getting a Tom Brady, or we won't. <laughs> yeah. Have to worry about exactly. doing this or that, and you know, if I hired the right head coach, maybe we wouldn't have to go and tamper with you know, or talk to other head coaches year in and year out. There's, there's, there's a lot of blame. I think Ross just wants to win. Yeah. Is he a dirty guy? Yes. Is he any dirtier than a lot of these other NFL owners? He's probably right in the middle. Yeah, and he's done a lot for the team, right? He's built yes. that brand new facility. You know, he's brought in three coaches in a row that when they got here, we had high hopes for that, you know, and two of them haven't worked out. I I don't hate what he's done for our franchise, but the last couple of seasons have been kind of mired in controversy. Mired in controversy? That's kind of strong. Let me tell you what Ross enables this team to do. It enables this team the management I'm speaking of, being Greer and the coach, he lets them do whatever they want to do. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as money, it's never an issue. They spend more money each year than most teams, and uh, you can't do that if Ross isn't willing to write the checks. Yep. I agree with that. 110%. So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, and, uh, you know, that's the good with the bad. He built a beautiful new stadium. He got getting us Super Bowls and all that stuff down there. He's- you know, so. Bad lows. No, he's put a, you're he's put us in position, Mike. That's exactly what you're saying. And somewhere along the way, somebody has dropped the ball, right? Yep. yep. And we know who that is. Yep. 
you've got the ability to go out and, and spend money and to do whatever you want. I mean, listen, Greer has free reign, you know, in regard to money situations and so on and so forth. And up to this point, you know, we, we've been a mediocre football team and we shouldn't be. It's simple as that. You know, we'll just leave it at that. I mean, I think that, you know, there's, there's more of a hindrance from the guy underneath him than there is him because he is trying to win us football games and he's yeah. doing everything possible to do that. Daniel, discuss the importance of Tua being in the same offense for the second consecutive year. I mean, look, he hasn't had that opportunity yet as a pro. You know, he's going into this knowing what is expected from his coach on both, you know, the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Knows how he's going to be treated. He knows, yeah, he knows how he's going to be treated. He knows that he's a leader. He knows that he's a captain. He knows that the offense ticks when he is rocking and rolling. Let's just hope he knows how to fall. (laughs) And, and yeah, with the judo training that he's going to be doing this (laughs) offseason. Judo. Let's hope he, he has the, the fall tactics down like we talked about a few it's episodes jiu-jitsu. ago. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's huge for him, you know, and we just talked there's not a lot of change on the offense either. So, you know, the offensive line doesn't have a bunch of new pieces, and that's something that we have to talk about, you know, when you're talking about the same offense in two consecutive seasons. He's working with the same guys in the same offense with the same scheme. I think it's going to be huge for him. And yeah. the only question, I mean, well, you know, there's questions about his, his arm strength and that sort of thing. But the only question is, can he stay healthy? That's it. Yeah, yeah I, I think that, you know, the, it's a combination of his health and him getting better as a football player, Daniel. I think that we stress upon the fact that he's been hurt a lot, but, you know, we tend to neglect because of that the fact that he just didn't play well in a lot of football games down the stretch when he had yep. the opportunities. I mean, he played very, very poorly. And, you know, we yeah, kind of... They lost like six out of their last seven. It wasn't right. all him, but, you know... But they, some they of the blame... strong. Yeah, the, you know, he, he had some really poor football games. And I know every NFL quarterback, you know, has a game here or there where they're just not very good. But... um you know, he has to, for all the reasons that you guys just talked about, he has to be better this season. If we expect to make the playoffs and win playoff football games, you know, I said it last year, I'll say it again this year, you know, he he's going to be the difference maker on the offensive side because we haven't added a lot. If he excels and he steps his game up, then you will see – a very good offensive football team because I felt the offensive line did a very good job last year. You know, running the football, they had, the running backs averaged five yards a carry or close to it, and he had time to throw the football. I mean, you know, when we were completely healthy across that line, they had opportunities, and I think that when we failed, a lot of it was was on him, you know, when the offense wasn't um, doing what, we felt they should be doing in some of the bigger games down the stretch. So, you know, he's going to be the difference maker right now. Um, whether, you know, whether we're very, very successful or we're basically what we were last year. So, you know, let's just hope that, you know, all of those factors that you guys talked about uh, enable him to, you know, step his game up again this season. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, you heard him talk about how he didn't know the playbook well enough, right? And there's, we, while we didn't hear that last year, 
being in the same offense for a second year just gives him even more of a deep understanding of it, right? The terminology, the philosophies, there's no, there's no excuses. He's going to be quicker in making decisions because he can process the offense faster in its second season. You know, there should be more consistency. So uh, I'm excited to see uh, our offense for the second year. I really am. Well, you've kind of run into the next question, which is what will be done on the offensive side of the ball, uh, play design to uh, change what defensive coordinators had done to slow to his quick passing game, and will he improve outside the numbers? So what do you think they'll do schematically to kind of combat teams taking away the middle of the field? I think this falls on Tua, Mike. I really do. I think that, you know, you have to read defenses. And if they're going to take the middle of the field away from you, the coaching staff, I mean, you know, we, we go back to McDaniel over and over again. And, you know, I guess we all were on the, me and you, Mike, I don't know, you know, what Daniel's opinion was because we talk a lot more during the week before we do the podcast here. And, you know, we, we felt that he was somewhat stubborn in his play calling, that it was a lot of the same even when teams made adjustments. But, you know, to, you know, to combat that and to maybe, you know, think on a different level, you know, maybe there were plays called and maybe this is falling on Tua more so than it is the coaching staff to where, you know, there's six, seven guys in the middle of the field will go to your outlets, you know, on the outside or, you know, dump the ball underneath in those circumstances. I, you know, I felt that, you know, Tua took a step backwards late in the season when teams adjusted. You know, the quarterback, the quarterback has to adjust, you know, into game situations. You know, you see the better ones do it week in and week out. And, you know, under those circumstances, Tua's got to, you know, got to look at it and say, hey, I've got to do something different because these guys are taking – Hill over the middle away from me. Waddle over the middle away from me. Let, let me look to this guy and that guy. Uh, to so you throw to your running back bit. out in the flat or you, you know, <laughs> hit the tight end on a hook, you know, a comeback, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, something, something was definitely wrong uh, down the stretch. They just weren't, you know, the they, they, teams were adjusting. And I think that you know, McDaniel, it, it's maybe a little bit of that, but I think that, again, you know, this falls back onto it. He's got to bring his level of play up. He's got to adjust to what defenses are doing in-game, you know, because it's going to change from week to week. And, you know, as long as he can do that, we've got the personnel on the no, outside. It's, it's up to, to the place. coaching staff to adjust what he's doing. So, yes, you know. I to think an it extent. comes back. It comes back to the coaches. Now, even if you blame Tua's execution, there's a, right. There's a couple of things that I think you could. We we made the argument several times last year that they needed to run the ball more, right? And yep. and he late, started late. to be better on a balance side of that towards the end of the year. But I think that if we can run the ball more effectively right out of the gate, it's going to affect our off- offense in a positive way. And there's another thing that that I called for several times last year that I think that we may see more utilization in this year, and that's either Tyreek or Waddle out of the backfield. Those are mismatches that they just did not use last year the way that I think they can. And then on, you know, if you get want to get a little deeper, I think that you know it's 
there potentially is the opportunity this year with Tua's familiarity with the offense to have him making uh, more audibles and adjustments at the line of scrimmage. And then if we really want to catch off uh, defenses off balance, we want to keep them on their toes, then we use some tempo. Will he improve outside the numbers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you, when you put a guy like Hiller Waddle in the backfield, you know, you, you're just allowing the defense to play closer to the line of scrimmage, Daniel. I think when you isolate those guys on the outside, you know, the safeties have to somewhat cheat over to there. And, you know, I think that, you know, you go back and, you know, as Mike said, that's where you go in the flats to your running backs because they're going to they're, they're gonna have opportunities and they're both capable of catching the football. Yep. I mean, when Six, Mozart... Eight, 10 yards right there. I mean, if, if everybody's dropping off... <laughs> when Mozart had opportunities last year and he caught the football, he went and he... I mean... You know, he proved that he can catch the football and he breaks tackles. You know, when he's when he's man the man, um there I, I remember specific plays where he was just outstanding in those situations and then it just disappears out of our play calling or you know, to I don't I honestly don't know if it's there and Tua just throws the ball to a spot. It whether you know, whether they're it's his guys are covered offense, or not. Lewis, yeah, I know, know it. Right. They're not asking him to hold that ball. They want him getting rid of it. Yep. While well, I take that point Mike, well. Lou. You can hold on one second, Dan. You can design plays, Mike, to where, you know, they're screen plays, basically, you know, to an extent. You know, you design them and yep. you say, hey, you hold the ball for another second or two, wait till guys are down the field and then dump it. And I mean, you know, that, I don't know if those plays are being called or they're telling so. him. Hey, you know, you can hold the ball for another second or two and then just get the ball into the flat. They need to design those type of plays, as you talked about earlier. Go ahead, Daniel. I'm sorry. Well, I take that point well, and, and I don't disagree with it. But to my, to my point about having those guys in the backfield, you create mismatches when you put them. You put Waddle in the backfield, and he, they have to cover him with a linebacker. Or you move him out in motion out of the backfield, they either have to rotate and take the linebacker off of him, and then that you catch him you catch him napping. Like it takes that defense and it puts them on their heels and it puts them in mismatches and you have to have other guys step up, obviously. You gotta have Easy E or Cedric actually playing well to yes, really make that work. But there, if you, you have go. if yes. you have your running back doing the same thing, a running back on a linebacker is not as big of a mismatch as having Waddle on one. It's not. But, but the defensive coach isn't going to let that happen. He's going to see what's going on. He's going to bring a safety up. And of have course. Linebacker and safety right. double him, you and know, then, or whatever, whatever he's got to do. That's You're right. Exactly and then that's why you got to have the other guys playing well to take advantage of that, right? Because yes, it's the it, same thing as having a safety rotate over. Yep. Yep. You got to have the that, guy step up on yeah, the other side. And I that think that's only, an adjustment we could make to really, you know, bring it to the next level. That only works, like you just mentioned, if you have an element that is going to have defenses being concerned. If you throw Wilson or Barrios out on the outside, the corner is going to be man to man with him, right? Like Mike mentioned, you're going to have two safeties playing in the middle of the field. You're going to have the linebacker maybe widen out a little bit. 
they're going to make the adjustments if they see a guy like that in the backfield. Now, the reason San Francisco is successful in doing that is because they got a guy like Kittle at the tight end position that the safeties have to concern themselves with when Samuel's in the backfield. And Ayuk on the outside is still very good. They have yep. players there that, that, you know, we need a third leg. I said it all last year. We yeah. need a third leg. We need yeah. a third guy in the passing game that has to step up. Maybe Easy is the guy, but we need a third person in our passing game because the drop-off after Waddle and Hill is extreme. I mean, it's beyond extreme. You know, you mentioned Gusecki with 32 catches. I mean, him or Sherfield were our third best receiver last year, and that was around the amount of catches that they had right. over the course of the season. Because they, they predominantly threw to uh, the two wideouts. They weren't throwing everybody like they should have been. Not at all. The running backs, none of them. I mean, nobody. They need a third element to that offense, you know, passing the football. I mean, you go to Kansas City and, you know, Kelsey's the main guy there, right? Yep. But my goodness, you look around their offense and I mean, he, you know, Mahomes is spreading it out. I mean, you look at McKinney, the running back and the amount of balls that he catches out of and the backfield. Pacheco or whatever his name is. Who? Uh, the, the, Pacheco. Yeah. Oh, Pacheco. Yeah, Pacheco runs. He doesn't, I don't think he gets an awful lot of catches. I mean, McKinney is, it's McKinney, right? McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah, yeah McKinnon. The, yeah. yeah, he um, he uh, basically gets balls out of the backfield. Mahomes spreads the ball around a lot. I mean, you know, a lot. Even when Tyreek was there, he had his catches, but Kelsey had his, and there were other guys yeah. like Hardeman and people like that that were making plays in the offense. We, You look at the amount of plays that guys outside of our two receivers made last year, and you can count them on one hand. Everybody, as far as as far as even receiving touchdowns between all of our tight ends and all of our running backs and all of our backup receivers. I mean, I think you might you might have had a total of ten touchdown passes to them combined, and that's absurd. You know, they yep. they've they've got to do something. They have to. It'll be interesting to see how they play it because I do think McDaniel will look back at what happened last year and he's got to come to a few different conclusions, you know? Yes. Rod Rousey closed out the questions with, will they look for a competent right tackle? And my answer would be, I'm sure they are. They just don't have a lot of money to buy one. <laughs> I don't think that I see somebody else coming in at, a tack at the tackle spot. The only way that might, that might change, Daniel, is, is, is as we get closer to uh, the summer, you know, and the teams are cutting people, they may pick somebody back up, somebody else cut, you know? Yeah. I, but I don't think they're going to go out and sign anybody that's expensive. I just don't think that's going to happen. They don't have the money for it, but maybe that'll be where their first draft pick goes. Who knows? That's yeah. what I was thinking, Mike, that, you know, with that 51st pick you said, uh -huh. You know, maybe you go out and I mean, obviously the tackle position is something that every team wants and needs, you know, yes, there's a exactly. million teams, but you know, we were able to snatch hunt up in what round third what round was that the third, third round. Yeah. Exactly. So there are guys that will be there that maybe are a little rough on the edges that, you know, that we go out and maybe we take a chance on and steps up. And maybe this is the year that Austin Jackson finally gets his shit together and, you know, and is able to stay on the field and, you know, and, and be productive for us. But 
you know, the offensive line is in a much better situation than they have been for years. You no know, question. You, I think Daniel mentioned it earlier, the fact that a lot of these guys are all coming back. They all played with each other. It's, you know, it's all the same guys returning. I think that is, is a major plus. They added Feeney, and he has a decent personality yes. on him. I'm yep. sure he's going to get along with everybody. And uh, who knows if he doesn't wiggle into a starting job on that left guard position. Right. You know. Yep. <laughs> he replaced basically Dieter, who didn't see a down last year, even with the amount of injuries yep. we had. So, yep. you know, I think that's a positive. So, you know, the right tackle position you know, do you really want an upgrade there? Absolutely. But, you know, I don't think it's going to come this season. I think we have to, you know, just do, you know, deal with what we have. So, yeah. I mean, even if they draft somebody, he may need some time before yes. he's ready to be the answer. So, yeah, yes, you know. agreed. All right. That's all I got today, guys. Wow. That was a lot to just have, Mike. It was. That's because Lewis is back. My back hurts. <laughs> your back what hurts. Are what are you doing? You're tackling your desk I, or what? What is your desk a, on the floor, I'm Daniel? Carrying you guys around the whole show. Daniel, oh. is your is your computer on the floor? I mean, don't you have a desk to where you don't have to bend the you know to? Yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting in my desk. I was just Wait, I wake up in the morning and my back hurts. I was you know what the hell was I doing overnight? <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, it was a nice show. Uh, good answers to the questions. I hope the listeners are satisfied with the answers. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, fins up, everybody. Fins up. Fins up, doll fans. All right. That's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right. Until next time, be well and take care. Podcast Network.